Adventures in the Holy Ghost and fire. I love to see people get filled with the Holy Ghost because I know what he can do in your life. And I know what a difference it will make. I got filled with the Holy Ghost when I was 11 years old at an Assembly of God youth camp in the Arbuckle Mountains of Southern Oklahoma. And ever since that day in August of 19, however, I was 11, 1966. Boy, that was an interesting hour and day to get filled with the Holy Ghost in the 60s. In 1966, in August, I was filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, fire, fire and got changed into a wild Pentecostal and have been one ever since. And while the rest of the world, many people, you know what the 60s were were like, many people were taking psychedelic trips and trips on all sorts of drugs, but hallelujah, I was taking trips with the Holy Ghost. I got high with the most high and never, ever desired anything else. And I want to say to you, those of you that got filled today and those of you that are going to get filled tonight are going to get refilled, get stay tanked up with the Holy Ghost. And you don't need nothing else. You don't need the counterfeit. God's new wine. It's so fine. It's so fine. This Holy Ghost new wine. Hallelujah. Well, as you can tell, I am excited. The last couple of times that I've been sharing, we've been talking about the benefits of being filled with the Holy Ghost. We don't have time to go back and and recap all of those, but I'll just give you the six that we have discussed And I encourage you to either get the CDs, they're free, or go online and listen to those messages as well as all the ones pastor's done the last three or four weeks. I love this emphasis on the Holy Spirit. But the the attributes, the benefits that we have covered thus far are that it is for our spiritual edification. Praying in the spirit. He that speaketh in another tongues buildeth himself up. Jude 20, if you want to look that up. Another one is that it helps us to magnify God. Pastor read this morning over there in Acts that when the believers got filled at Cornelius' house, it said that the ones that came there, they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. Amen. Then the third one. It aids us in worship. I know in my life there's many times you want to express how much you love God. Isn't it wonderful how much you adore our Lord and Savior? But sometimes we run out of words in our known language. And then we can just begin with the Spirit to worship and magnify the Lord. Amen? Speaking in other tongues is a means of talking to God. I love the fact that we have a hotline to heaven. Amen. Sister, you are so sweet. How long have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Many years. years. I can see the Spirit of God on you. That's so precious. I love to see saints that know God and have been walking with the Lord for many, many years. Hallelujah. You know what happens? He shows up on your face. He shows up in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, it is a means of talking to God. We got a hotline with heaven. We can talk to him in our heavenly language. We're not talking to men. 
and the devil doesn't know what you're saying. Hallelujah. Thank God for that one. Then this one, this one, this one you may not shout so much about. But number five, speaking in other tongues helps us to keep our tongue in subjection. <laughs> we all looked at that last week that, you know, many times there's our tongue wants to say things it shouldn't say. Our tongue might want to talk about somebody. Our tongue might want to speak negative doubt and unbelief. But praying in the spirit helps us to keep our tongue in subjection to the will of the Lord. Amen. And then I love this one. Praying in the spirit stimulates our faith. And we looked at some examples and I believe that it happened today and it's going to happen tonight that people perhaps they've been seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit for a, a period of time or maybe needing healing in their body. But when people yearn, learn to yield to the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues, it stimulates their faith because it takes an act of faith to pray in the spirit, to believe God that he said, ask and you shall receive it. Seek, you'll find pray. I mean, ask me to be filled with the Holy spirit and you shall receive. And so when we by faith begin to speak in other tongues, it stirs up and it stimulates that faith in other areas. And I gave you some examples of people that had been seeking the Lord, maybe for healing or some other area in their life. And when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, without even asking about that particular need, they were instantly healed as well. Woo! Hallelujah! Any candidates in here tonight for God just to do all that He wants to do in every single area of your life. So that's a quick summary. So what we've been doing the last two times we've been together is we've been giving you a lot of information according to the word about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's different gifts and there's different anointings. And we've been flowing in that teaching gift. But tonight, what I sense is happening is there's going to be impartation. Anybody here ready to receive fresh, fresh infilling of the Spirit of God. Anybody in here need to be refreshed? Anybody in here ever been tempted to be weary? Isn't it a wonderful thing that the Bible says if we're weary, we can come unto him and we can receive rest. Wait, those that wait upon the Lord, what's going to happen to us? We shall renew our strength. Hallelujah. I sense it, that there's going to, there is that anointing tonight, that people that have already been filled, that are doing what they know to do, walking with the Lord, that there's going to be an impartation and a refilling and a refreshing. Amen. Every time that we've run into a situation in our life, where we might need rest and we're facing some opportunities to be stressed out. Has anyone ever had an opportunity to stress you? I guess a better question. Is there anyone in here who's never been tempted to be stressed? We live in a day and an age when there's opportunity 24 seven, if you let it for to come upon you, for you to get worried, you to get concerned, you to get anxious, you to get stressed out. And every time these opportunities arise, it would be nice, but you can't jump on a jet and go to Hawaii and get a vacation. 
You know, it'd be wonderful if we could do that, but that doesn't always happen. Doesn't usually happen. You know, doctors even tell us this about stress. Stress is one of the number one reasons for sickness and disease. Our body was not designed to carry burdens and weights. God didn't make us that way. That's why he said that we were, what are we supposed to do with our worries and concerns? Cast all your cares over upon him because why? He cares for us. Stress and worry will kill you. I heard someone saying, of course, we need to eat good, healthy diets, but it's not so much what we're eating as it is what's eating us that kills people. And I don't know, this just comes to me. Y'all want to hear something funny? This isn't a true story, but it just comes to me about stress. There was this couple, they'd been married for many years, and, and the man was just having all sorts of physical problems. He was just stretched, stressed out, full of anxiety, full of cares. And in their marriage, there was a lot of tension and everything. So they go to the doctor, the wife takes him and the doctors examine him and everything. And then he sends him back out and he says, I want your wife to come in. I need to talk to her. So the wife goes in and the doctor begins to say, you guys have a lot of tension in your home. Is that right? Yes. You're nagging him a lot. Is that right? Yes. And all of this stuff. And then he says to her, well, really, this is what needs to happen. He's got too much stress going on and it's taking a toll on his body. So I need you to do this. I don't want you nagging him. I don't want you talking ugly to him. I want you to do everything nice for him. Cook all his favorite meals, rub his back, meet all of his physical needs. You know what I'm talking about whenever he desires and all of these things. And if you don't do this, he's not going to live very long. So the wife walks out. She's driving the husband. Of course, he's curious. Honey, what did the doctor say? Honey, what did the doctor say? She's contemplating all of this stuff that she's going to have to do. She's going to have to be nice to him. She's going to have to wait on him. She's going to have to be loving to him. So she's thinking about it and they're driving home. He keeps saying, honey, what did the doctor say? Finally, she looks at him and says, you're going to (laughs) die. She wasn't willing to do what it needed to be done to alleviate stress in the man's life. Aren't you glad that it's not dependent on your husband or wife or somebody else, your boss, your employer, whether you're going to have a stress-free life? Woo, thank God Jesus bore all of that for us. And he sent us the heavenly helper to help us in life to live free of stress, to live refreshed. Amen. Well, you know, I am going to get to the word of God. And so tonight, let's turn over to Isaiah chapter 28. Good thing to do. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11. We're going to look at most of these scriptures in the New King James Version. I don't think some of you thought that was that funny, but I do. (laughs) Maybe it hit home with some people. Don't. (laughs) Keep looking straight ahead. We won't know. Isaiah 28, verse 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. Verse 12. To whom he said, this 
is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. What we want to look out here are two words tonight, rest and refreshing. Does that sound good? Rest and refreshing. How does this happen? Well, we have a clue right here. He said, with stammering lips and speaking in another tongue, you will receive rest and refreshing. Oh, I love that. And I think it's interesting here that he used the term stammering lips. We don't see much of that in this day and age that we live in. But in the the era that I grew up, in the time that I grew up in the Pentecostal church, there was a lot of stammering lips. It was like the power of God came on people. And I used to really pray like that a lot myself. When I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, I had stammering lips first. It's just, maybe maybe it's just a, a learning to yield better or what. But it really, it's a sign. It's an evidence of the power of God. So if you start out there with stammering lips, don't be discouraged. Just keep yielding. It's a power of God coming up on you. And I'd say, let it flow. Let it flow. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Stammering lips. All right. Hallelujah. I got some Pentecostal buddies. Yay. But what the prophet Isaiah was seeing here, he was seeing the fulfillment of a promise to come. Of the outpouring that was going to happen on the day of Pentecost. We've been looking at it a lot. And we're going to look at it again at chapter 2. And we'll look at verse 4. This is what he saw. You know, prophets sees things. They see into the future. And when he said, this is the rest. And this is the refreshing. Praying in the Spirit. He was looking down the corridors of time and he was seeing that day of Pentecost when the church age would begin and be ignited and there would be this heavenly power, the Holy Spirit coming down and feeling that 120 in that upper room. And here we see what happened. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2-4. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you're here tonight and you are a candidate to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to notice they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as what? The Spirit gave them the utterance, but who did the speaking? Who did the speaking? So it was their tongue. It was their voice, their vocal cords. They had to yield. The spirit of God will give you the utterance, but we have to yield. And so Isaiah was seeing this day. He was seeing this time and he knew he prophesied it. That when you speak with stammering lips and a brand new tongue, there's going to be a rest and there's going to be a refreshing that nothing else can provide this is the rest that wherewith we may cause the weary to rest in these days that we live in there's turmoil there's perplexity there's anxiety do you think that we need some spiritual renewal some spiritual refreshing as never 
before. Thank God that he has provided a means where we can stay refreshed. We can stay renewed. Hallelujah. It's not a one-time offer. There's no expiration date. It's not a kind of deal where you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You speak in tongues one time and then that's it. No, that's not it. It's a continual in feeling, you know, we prescribe to you that you speak in tongues on a regular basis. Many of you are living lives that are too full of stress, too full of anxiety, and you're weighed down by the cares and all of this stuff. You need a permanent vacation from your problems. Some of you may have seen that movie, What About Bob? It's an old movie. And Dr. Leo Marvin, he had this patient that followed him on vacation. Couldn't get rid of him. And anyway, his name was Bob. And so he goes out. And Bob was used to taking all of these medicines. So he knew the only way to get rid of Bob was to write him a prescription. So he's writing down on his little tablet. Bob thought he was going to get more pills. And the doctor wrote on there, take a permanent vacation from your problems. Well, Bob immediately was like, whoa, I got a prescription. I can take a vacation from my problems. Well, you know what? The Holy Ghost has given us a prescription. He's saying, I'm giving you the ability to take a vacation, a permanent vacation from your problems, to take a vacation from being weary, from being stressed out. I'm telling you, if you will pray in the Holy Spirit, there will be a rest. There will be a refreshing that you don't get anywhere else. I'm all for vacations. It's awesome. It's wonderful. But you can't take a vacation every day of your life. But you can shut yourself away, whether it's in your car for 10 minutes. Maybe it's in your shower when you're getting ready in the morning and you can just begin to go. I cast all my cares over upon you, Lord, and I'm not going to carry them today. I'm not going to be stressed out. I'm not going to be worried. I'm not going to go to work burnt out. I'm going to go to work burning on with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amazing what it does. Stirs up your inner man. Get your inner man stronger than your mind and stronger than your body. And you know what? We are a three-part being. We are a spirit. We have a soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, and we live in a physical body. And there is a constant battle between your body and your mind. Most people live opposite of how they're supposed to. They listen to their body and they listen to their mind. But we are spirit beings. And when we get in contact with the father of spirits, when we pray in the spirit, when we worship him in spirit and in truth, it causes our spirit man to be in charge. You want your spirit man to be in charge in your life, not your body. Sometimes I talk, you got to talk to your body. Sometimes I say, okay, body, you are going to get up. You are not the boss of me. 
Body, you are not the one in charge. You are not the boss. My spirit man is in charge. And my spirit man is saying we're going to get up and we're going to praise the Lord. My spirit man is saying, oh, I want to eat today. I want some word. And your body is saying, no, I want to eat the whole pie. And your spirit is saying, no, you want to eat the whole word of God. Let your spirit win. Hallelujah. It's as simple as that. The stronger one wins. And that's why some people are completely living body ruled lives. Because they haven't fed their spirit. And their spirit man hasn't prayed in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the spirit. Building up ourselves on our most holy faith oh that's just one of the benefits brings refreshing to the weary brings strength so your spirit man is stronger hallelujah now you remember over in acts chapter 3 let me just ask you a question does Acts chapter 3 follow acts chapter 2 yes but did you know that the bible was not written in chapter and in verse So the 120 had been filled with the Holy Spirit. They stumbled out into the streets, accused of being drunk men. Peter, of all people, I've always wondered, God, why did you choose Peter? The one that denied you, the one that seemed so weak, why did you choose him to stand up on the day of Pentecost and to preach to those people, the masses of people that were there. And you know the answer is it because God likes to take the unusual and the unlikely. He didn't want any man taking the glory for it. Everybody knew if Peter was bold enough to stand up in front of those thousands of people and preach on the day of Pentecost, he had to have gotten something because it wasn't many days prior to that that he denied the Lord in front of a little teenage girl. So that's why God said, I'm going to take someone who was a coward, and turn him into a prophet of God. Hallelujah. That's what getting filled with the Holy Ghost and fire will do for you. So that's what had happened in Acts chapter 2. And then let's, in in the first part of Acts chapter 3, we have Peter and John. And they're going into the temple. And there was a man that had been laid there. It doesn't say how long, but for many years. That was lame. And every day he laid by the temple gate called Beautiful, begging people to give him some money. And I love this. Peter and John passed him by that day. And we can look at it in verse 6. We'll read just a little bit of it there in Acts 3, verse 6. Peter said to him, this is the same Peter that just came out of that upper room, for the Holy Ghost and power. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do, I give you. What did he have? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, do what? Rise up and walk. Hallelujah. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet And ankle bones receive strength. And then I like this. When we used to sing a little Sunday school song about it. He went walking and leaping and praising God. Hallelujah. A sign and a wonder. 
You know why they were able to do this? Because they were filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. Everybody say filled. Filled. To overflowing. overflowing. Filled with fire. Filled with with power. power. Refreshed by the Spirit of God. They knew they had come in contact with the power of God and they knew what they had. They might not had a lot of money on them at the time, but they said, I know what I do have. I've got the name of Jesus. I got the power to command you to be healed in that mighty name. And the man, of course, was healed. Did you know being and staying full of the Holy Ghost is not only for our benefits. We've looked at all of these wonderful benefits that it is to us individually, but it's a benefit for others. If Peter and John had not been filled with the Holy Spirit, they would have been walking along talking about all their problems. Boy, I got an ache in my shoulder this morning. I woke up like a crook in my neck and just walked right on past the guy. John could have been saying, man, I don't have money to pay my rent. I'm so discouraged. I'm so down. But they didn't have their mind on themselves. They were filled to overflowing. When you are filled to overflowing, you're not thinking about your problems. You're magnifying God. And you're magnifying the answer. And you're looking for somebody to be a blessing to. That's what happened to them that day. They were so full. They were looking to spill out. On somebody and they just poured out on that lame man and he was healed in the name of Jesus. Anybody in here want to be a blessing? Anybody in here want to get beyond just having to cry out to God constantly because of all the things going on in your life? Just crying out constantly because of all the stuff your kids are doing and and your husband is doing and your dog is even acting ugly and just, you know, problems, problems, problems. You want to get beyond that to where you can get up in the morning, pray and the Holy Spirit rejoice in the Lord our God because you know all your needs are met and you can walk out the door just saying, oh God, I'm refreshed, I'm renewed, I'm refilled with the Holy Spirit and I'm ready today to touch somebody's life with your power. That's what being the church is really about Peter and John had been with the Lord. That's where we need to be. He's in us. I know that. I'm not preaching something that's not scripturally correct. I know he lives on the inside of us, but you know, he wants to be upon you every single day of your life. And he wants us to be aware of his presence. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together, magnifying him every single day of our life. Glory to God. And so this happened here in the beginning of Acts chapter 3. And then Peter continues to preach about what God had done and was doing. And let's look on down here in verse 19. And I want to look at this out of the Amplified. 
this needs to happen in all of our lives right here. So repent, change your mind and purpose, turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing. We're talking about one of the major benefits of being filled with the Spirit. It brings rest. It brings refreshing. That times of refreshing, of recovery from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air, may come from the presence of God. I submit to you, based upon the Word of God, get in His presence. And you will receive not only a refreshing, but a recovery from the effects of heat. Anybody ever faced a fiery trial? Anybody ever been through a difficult situation? Come into the presence of the Lord. Wait upon Him. Spend time praying in the Spirit. And there is a recovery. And then I love how it says here, a reviving with fresh We've had some really strong winds in the Bay Area a few days this week. That's not what I'm talking about. Not talking about a storm that's going to blow the hair off of your head or whatever. (laughs) Reviving with fresh air. Do you know what it's like to have a hot, stuffy day? If you've never been to Oklahoma or the South in July or August, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you have been, there can, I mean, it can get so hot. I see Marine nodding over there, Kansas, Missouri. It can get so hot. And sometimes it's like there's no air moving. But, oh, it's so nice when a cool breeze begins to blow. A refreshing breeze comes in. My dad, after sometimes after hauling hay, and that was absolutely the worst thing to do in July. That alfalfa hay, particularly, it would, you'd get sweaty and it'd stick to your skin. Blech. And one of the most refreshing things was to go jump in the Arkansas River, and then we'd go. My dad liked to sit on the porch and drink a gallon of iced tea and wait for the wind. I could still see him sitting there, and he'd say, Feel that breeze. And we'd be kind of looking like, nothing's moving. (laughs) He was sort of like the prophet seeing that hand in the distance. No, see that little leaf out there moving. And I don't know how he knew. But in just a little while, here come that breeze. And it's so refreshing. That's what praying in the spirit does for us it brings recovery it brings refreshing the bible refers to the holy spirit as a wind didn't we just read that in acts chapter 2 they were all filled with the holy spirit the first part of that verse says though that the holy spirit descended from heaven and then it talks about as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the place where they were sitting god wants his rushing mighty wind that refreshing breeze of the spirit to sweep into our lives hallelujah and to bring reviving to bring recovery hallelujah from the effects of heat 
The wind is blowing in this place tonight. Now, let me ask you a question. We're starting to wind down. We're fixing to in Oklahoma talk. How often do you need to be refreshed? How often do you take a shower? Can I ask you a personal question? I, I ask her because I've known Terry many years. And you know what? Think you've ever, you never stink. That's never good. <laughs> Why? She refreshes her body every day. She takes a shower or she takes a bath. This is the refreshing. If you need to do that with your body, you need to refresh your body every day. Do you think maybe it's a good idea to refresh your spirit every day? To take a shower every day. What if you got born again? I mean, you asked Jesus into your heart. You believed on him with all of your heart. You confessed him with your mouth 50 years ago. You were like some of the folks that I grew up with. Sunday night testimony service. Get up and say, I want to thank the Lord. I've been saved. I've been sanctified. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost for 50 years. But some of them, you know, I wanted to look at them and say, are you sure it took? Because their faces were not notifying me that they had anything. It had leaked. It's great that you've been saved 50 years. But you know what? It's not a good thing to get born again and then say, okay, I got my life insurance. I'm on my way to heaven. And then never talk to Jesus. Never read his word. Never go to church. You know what's going to happen? You're going to dry up spiritually. You're not going to have a fruitful Christian life. It won't last. And it's the same with the Spirit. If we get filled with the Holy Spirit, it is of utmost importance. It is imperative if you want to walk in the Spirit to pray in the Holy Ghost on a regular basis. Be refreshed daily. You know what? If you don't, you're going to stink spiritually. Things of this world are going to come in. They're going to creep in. Anxiety, worry, fear, strife, all that junk makes your spirit stink. I'm just saying that. I don't have a scripture for it. But you know what? (laughs) It could be. In the realm of the spirit. I know devils stink. We don't want to smell devils. And we don't want to give place to him in our heart. Stay refreshed. By praying in the spirit. On a daily basis. Now I do have one last scripture. One chapter. We're going to look at a whole chapter. No not the whole chapter. Just kidding. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17. In the Amplified. Glory to God. Has anybody been provoked to pray in the Holy Ghost to build ourselves up? Verse 17 of Ephesians 5. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord 
is. Everybody say, don't be a fool. There's a lot of people that are asleep in this day and in this hour. They don't have a clue about what's going on in the world. It's like they want to be an ostrich and stick their head in the sand and say, well, you know, if I don't hear any messages on what time it is, if I don't go to church, then I'm not accountable. Folks, that's ignorance. And he said, don't be ignorant. Don't be vague. Don't be foolish. Be wise in this day and in this hour. We can understand and we can have a clue about what is going on in this world and we can know what the will of the Lord is he said here firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is you want to know what the will of God is he gives us a clue in the next verse in verse 18 let's see what he says here and do not get drunk with wine. I'll just pause. <laughs> Selah, stop and think about it. Verse 18. They don't even want to put that one up up there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Do not get drunk with wine. Pause. Think about it. For that is debauchery. But ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Don't get drunk with the counterfeit. Why do you need the counterfeit when we got the real deal? God's new wine, it's so fine, it's so fine. God's new wine. This is his will, not to be falling down drunk on the counterfeit, but his will is for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost from the top of your head to the soles of your feet to be filled to be stimulated with the Holy Ghost power. A stimulant. What does it do? It charges you up. It wakes you up. That's why he just said in verse 17, don't be vague. Don't be foolish. But be awake. Know what day. Know what hour it is. You can know the will of God. Actually, let's back up to verse 16. That's where he said, we are to make the very most of the time. Buying up every opportunity because the days are evil. How do you make the most of your day? How do you make the most of the time that we have allotted here on this earth? I don't care if you live to be a hundred years old. It goes by quick. And he's saying, you might not live forever. Nobody's going to live forever. So he's saying, while you are here on this earth, don't live foolishly. Don't waste your life away busying yourself with things that don't matter. Don't put all of your effort into doing things that are outside the will of God for you. He said, spend your time. Buy up every opportunity to be in the center of God's will, His purpose, and His plan. And the only way that we can do that is by staying filled with the Holy Holy Spirit, be being filled is what it means there in verse 18. Be being filled, ever filled with the Holy Spirit. It denotes a continuous action. You want to please God? You want to live 
the life that he has ordained for you, then stay in tune with him. Stay charged up on the inside and you will be able to firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is because you will hear his voice firmly grasp it. That means we will not live in confusion. You will not live in wavering. It means that you will know some things on the inside of you and you will take hold of it with your faith and with your spirit. Does that mean that there won't be any doubts? There won't be any attacks from the enemy? No, that means that all hell may break loose. But when you know that you know that you know when you have firmly grasped the will of the Lord. And it is established on the inside of you. Come hell, come high water, come what may. When you know that you know on the inside of you. When you know in your seamer, as pastor said on Wednesday night, you know down here you're going to be rooted. You're going to be established. You're going to be founded on The will of God. It makes my heart sad when I see so many Christians floundering through life. One foot in the world. One foot maybe trying to serve Jesus up and down like a yo-yo. It doesn't have to be that way. We can firmly grasp and know and be established when we are strong on the inside, it affects every area of our life. And I commend you for being here on a Sunday night. You know what you're doing? You're doing what verse 16 says. You're buying up each opportunity. Take those opportunities to get in that corporate anointing. Seize those opportunities When there's an emphasis at church and boy, you know, you need to feed on that. Seize those opportunities together, together with like minded believers. Seize those opportunities when the altar call is given. Do you want to be filled? You want to be refilled? You want to be renewed? Don't go. "Ah, I think I'm okay. If you think you're okay, you're not. We can all drink in of more. And as I was looking at this today, I found this interesting. Buying up each opportunity. Buying up. Buying means that you have something to offer in exchange. We buy up these opportunities by using our faith. Our faith is that buying agent that helps us to grab hold Of those things that God has provided. And did you know that heaven has an endless amount of resources? The Holy Spirit has no end. That's why he says be being filled. That in the original language means continuously. Drinking in on a daily basis. There's no end to what you can buy with your faith.
You can buy all that you need. But a lot of Christians have this attitude. They come sailing into church on fumes. Their tank is below E, as it were, in the realm of the spirit. They've been dealing with all sorts of crazy people, been dealing with all sorts of junk at their work, confusion, strife in their family, and just, whew, I made it. But their tank is over in the red E. Because all the stuff we deal with in the world, you know what it does? It causes us to leak and it drains the Spirit of God right out of us. But here, they come into a church. The pastor's loaded for bear. The anointing is flowing in the place. The worship is off of the charts. And then there's an opportunity to worship God. There's an opportunity to drink in of the Spirit. And in the realm of the Spirit, it's like they look up to heaven and go, $5, please. You know, $5 will barely give you a tank of gas. That ain't going to take you fur in the realm of the Spirit. There are places that He wants us to go. Oh, my, my, my. I just hear the Spirit of God saying, There is a race to be run. There is a will to be done. There are places that you need to go in the realm of the Spirit. And you will never get there on empty. So take every opportunity to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. To drink in. You can only get there on full. You can only get there when your tank is filled to over. Flowing. There's something there, folks, that, that, oh, my, my, my. I just, I'll just say it in tongues. And I believe that you're catching it in the realm of the Spirit. There's things. The Holy Spirit is indeed your helper. And he will speak what he hears the father speak. And there are things that he wants to transmit, disclose, and reveal. In some cases, oh my, it's major decisions about your future and that will affect you and your family. And so, don't make those decisions out of the mental realm and don't decide when your spirit is on empty but spend some time waiting in my presence spend some time praying in the spirit get charged up on the inside and then you will hear clear and you will not be deceived and you will not make a decision out of the mental realm but you will be in tune with what my spirit is speaking to your spirit. Oh my, my. There's so many things that could be avoided. The answer to a million and one questions is be led by the spirit. 
and to be led by the Spirit, we must be in tune with the Spirit.